gosh, that was awesome. Um, like some of us in the room are kind of like high intensity, you know, like you, you, you know who you are if you're one of those high intensity people. And then other of us, or others of us are kind of like the poster children of like the flower child hippies. You hippies know who you are in the room. But one thing that kind of um, brings us both together is that like there are certain things that we just really want our way about. And you can be kind of cool, and no, it's fine, it's fine, until you hit that thing that you need to have your way in. And when you don't get your way in that thing, welcome to drama. And uh, some of us, you know, when we don't get our way, we kind of turn into emotional terrorists. And we use like fear and intimidation to like make everybody submit to our, our way. And then like the more passive aggressive of us, that's me, we, like, you know, we'll try to use sympathy and our emotional manipulation in order for us to kind of connive our way uh, into people. Well, the reason why we flip out when we don't get our way is because everybody in the room has this perfect model of the way the world's supposed to work in our minds. We have got perfect expectations of the way government leaders are supposed to act. We have got expectations of what the weather is supposed to do. We've got expectations of how we think the IRS should feel about our tax return. And sometimes when the IRS does not feel the same way about our tax return, we get a little fussy inside. Well, um, when we go through life, a lot of life kind of seems to be building up expectations and then watching life not really pan out the way you planned for it. Um, expectations are the result of our minds filling in information gaps. Every one of us will, uh, will have like this beautiful um, thought in our minds and we try to convey that thought. I've got, you know, because everything works perfect in our minds. And then we pick words to, to say to a friend and that friend hears those wonderfully picked and chosen words and they guess at what their meaning is supposed to be. And they draw a conclusion that might or might not have anything to do with uh, the thought that you're trying to convey. And so we fill in the blanks. And we get disappointed when we make a mistake in our guess. Have you ever made a mistake in your guess? Like I think you're trying to com communicate that you're unsatisfied with me and your spouse is, says, no, I, I wouldn't communicate that. Well, I feel like you don't love me. We take a guess at what that other person uh, thinks. See, God's always communicating to us. He's not trying to communicate to us. He is communicating to us, but unfortunately, he doesn't speak English. I don't know if that's a news flash to anybody, but he's invisible. He doesn't use words. He's not like someone standing in front of me. And so a lot of the times we will have these promises that he gives us. Like when we read through the word or uh, we feel that God's spoken something to us in our prayer times, we have these promises that are in our heart. And then we assume what the interpretation of those promises are. And have you ever gotten that wrong? Have you ever been sure that God has told you something and you step out there and it's like, Nope, that was, that was just me. That was, that was all me. I got that one wrong. Um, we are tempted in those situations to blame God. We are tempted to say, God, you failed me. I stepped out in faith and you'd let me hang. It's never that maybe I heard wrong or maybe my interpretation was a little bit off. It's never, the fault's never with us. It's always God's uh, not come through for us. He didn't meet our expectations. See, we have a whole universe full of these expectations that, uh, that we have for God. And I hate to break it to you that they're not biblical. 
They're just simply not biblical. Um, we base our expectations off of our interpretation of the Bible, not what the Bible actually says. And I know that kind of sounds like the same thing and we're splitting hairs, but every moral failing, every heresy that the people of God have ever experienced lie within the difference between what the Bible says and what we think the Bible says. We, we take in all of this information from all of these different sources and we build this perfect God box. It's like, God, if you can just go into your cubby hole, that would be fantastic. Don't do anything that makes me uncomfortable or that I would have to forgive anybody that I don't want to forgive. You fit in your nice little box. But God takes great pleasure in reminding us that he doesn't fit inside boxes. That's one of the most frustrating things about God is just the second that you think that you've got him pegged, he will change everything on you and do, do things that just completely blow your mind. Uh, Solomon said when he was building the temple, he was like, God, even the highest of heavens can't contain you. What makes me think that you're gonna live in this little temple? And I don't think that anyone's building a temple. I mean, we're building a building out here, but it's not a temple. Uh, maybe we can relate to Solomon and say, um, God, even the highest of heavens can't contain you. What makes me think that you're going to fit inside my expectation? What makes me think that you're gonna fit inside my little box? See, it makes sense that after an entire lifetime of experiencing God and getting to know him and getting to know all about him, there still exists things that lie outside of our knowledge about God. There still are things that's just like, I don't, really understand why you would do the things that you do. It's like exploring a relationship with God is a whole lot like going to space. I just saw in Interstellar and it's like, everything is about space to me right now. Like we can tell where the edge of space is. We can tell like, okay, after so many miles off of the planet, this is space. And then there's outer space, but there's no outer boundary. There's no edge. There's no a uh, place that you can go into the universe that like you're driving in your uh, spaceship and you fall off the edge of the universe. Well, having a relationship with God's a lot like that. You can tell when a relationship with God starts, but there's no outer boundary. And see, we as humans, we are edge detectors. Our eyes and our brains are built to define the edges of everything. And, you know, like I know that everybody in the room has the relationship with maybe your spouse, your girlfriend or boyfriend, and you think that you know them so well, you know where their boundaries are, you know where their edges are, you know how they're going to respond, but when something happens, I promise you, they will confuse you every time. Having a relationship with another human being is a surprise, and having a relationship with God is an even bigger surprise. repeat. Um, 
confused about a bunch of things that were going on at his, uh, that God was doing at his church. Pastor John Arnott was kind of praying and confessing some of his difficulties in understanding with God, and uh, God respond to, responded to him. He was like, John, you don't even understand your wife. What makes you think that you're, you can understand me? Can anyone relate to that? I mean, I, I can't, but, you know, I have people. Well, it's safe to assume that God is a tad bit more complex than your uh, spouse. Tad bit more complex than your husband, tad bit more complex than uh, your wife, tad bit more complex than your friends. Romans 11.33 says, Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. So that's an encouraging verse that you want to put on the refrigerator. See, there's no, since there's no outside boundary, there's no, uh, if like we can't understand how our spouses are going to react, there is no way that we can understand how God is going to react in every situation. Um, and sometimes that can kind of scare us. It's like, I don't know, I'm going to fall into the sky. I, I don't, I don't want to explore if I don't know where the edge is. If I don't know how long this trip is going to take me, I don't know that I want to start it. If that makes any sense to, uh, to anybody, those people that, that need to have your, your edges well-defined. I don't want to start marching just like uh, Lewis and Clark. I don't want to start marching west and not know where the ocean is. But the fact that we can't understand everything about God shouldn't scare us out of a relationship with God, but it should remind us, like uh, C.S. Lewis said of Aslan, that he's not a tame lion. We can... We can uh, explore a relationship with God. We can get to know God, but know when we get to know him, he does not fit in our box. He doesn't meet our expectations all the time. See, the infinite, by definition, cannot have uh, or cannot be understood, conquered, or fully experienced by the finite. I, being a finite human, can't go up to God and say, God, I need you to explain everything about the way you do the things that you do. See, even when we have the word of God spelled out in perfect detail, the way he fulfills his promises blow us away every time. I want to read a few verses to you. Um, this might sound familiar from uh, communion. Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let me read another verse, Luke 23, 20 through 24. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again, but the crowd kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Um, for the third time he spoke to them, why, what crime has this man committed? I find no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then I'll release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate granted their demand. See, the promise of God was in Jesus that the government was going to rest on his shoulders, that he would be the one that would rule on his father David's throne forever. And here we see Pilate, a government official, exercising ultimate authority over Jesus by sentencing him to die. You know, when we look at the promise of God, and, and, you know, on this side of the cross, we understand what was really going on. But for the people that were, were watching this unfold, they're sitting there going, God, but you said that the government was supposed to be on Jesus' shoulders, but now the Romans are crucifying him. 
you know, a lot of us can feel that God's let us down. Everybody in this room has a story about a time that they feel that God's let them down. A lot of us aren't going to be honest about that, whether it's a family member that you knew God was going to heal and then you attended their funeral. Everybody in this room has a feeling, has an emotion, has an experience that you feel that God let you down. But compare that to watching the only son of God hanging on a tree. That threw everybody through a loop because God's fulfillment of that promise was different than what everybody expected. Seeing how God was uh, so far removed from us and he, his ways are so confusing and you know, he is just, he's weird sometimes. Like I love him to death, but the guy is just hard to understand. Like if we know that about God, why would we think that we could even have a relationship with him? Why even start to have a relationship with someone that's so complicated? One thing that we do know about God is that he is intensely relational. As we go through scripture, we see God time and time again making friends with mankind. And when you think about the absurdity of that relationship, it's kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? That's like a scientist sitting in a microscope and having a chief desire to have a relationship with the electrons that make up the atoms, that make up the cell that he's studying underneath his magnifying glass. How absurd is that? Like, how can you have a relationship with someone or something that is so far below you in your power and your ability? See, that's one of the amazing things about God is that when there was no way for God to have a relationship with us, he found a way. I'm gonna read a few verses. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not comprehend it. Have you ever not been able to comprehend the light? In verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He lived among us. He hung out with us. And we beheld his glory the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And Colossians 2.9 says, For in Christ lives, dwells, possesses the fullness of God in a human body. So this never-ending, far-reaching, unsearchable, unknowable God was contained 100% in the person of Jesus. It blows our mind. He became flesh, all of the fullness of God, not missing one drop of what it means to be God, was contained within Jesus. How about that? Infinite, unsearchable, unfathomable Jesus, contained within Jesus. That's why we call it the mystery of the incarnation. See, this season isn't about Christmas lights, it's not about Christmas trees, it's not about whether or not nativities are legal on courthouse grounds, it's not about whether or not someone wishes you a happy holiday or Merry Christmas. This season is about the unsearchable God, unknowable God doing the impossible and coming after me. It's about a young girl, a virgin, conceiving, bearing a son, and his, that son's name being Emmanuel. God is now with us. 
Not separate, not distant, not far, not unsearchable, not unknowing. He is now with us. See, God is always challenging our expectations, and that's never going to change. But when we find ourselves in this season, maybe we can give up our desire to have our own way, for God to meet our expectations, for our family members to meet our expectations. Because God came not in a form of an answer, not in the form of a solution. He came in the form of a person. Just the same way that Mary was expecting the baby Jesus. Maybe we can give up on our expectations of the way that God, we think that God's going to uh, save us out of a mess or the way that we think our family is going to react. We can give up our expectations and maybe we can just have that expectancy that God's going to do something. He is going to fulfill his word. But it might not uh, turn out the way that uh, we assume. Do we really need to put God hostage to our assumptions? See, the season isn't about God showing off and like slumming it with humanity. It's about him coming in the flesh with a glorious purpose. And that purpose was to have a relationship with you. The purpose was to have a relationship with me. That was the chief goal. Everything else found in scripture is a distant, distant second. You surviving another holiday with your family is you know, chief on God's heart. He doesn't want you to be miserable uh, through your family experience. But above everything else, his desire, his plan, his purpose was to have a relationship with you. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting the people's sins against them. And he has given us this wonderful message of reconciliation. He came to bring us into relationship and through our relationship, bring the rest of humanity into the exact same relationship. So just like every one of your other relationships, prepared to be confused, prepare to be frustrated with your relationship with God. The key to not going crazy in this is to realize that the fullness of God is found in Christ, not in your assumptions of Christ, not in your expectations of Christ, not in you having your way. The fullness of God is found in the person of Jesus. So a lot of the times when we don't get our way about something or when we feel that God is not answering uh, a prayer the, the exact way that, that we expected him to, maybe you can just like let go and say, you know, God... The fullness of, of you is found in the person of Jesus, not in what I think that you're going to do. Does that make sense? Like if you think that a check is going to show up in your mailbox, be prepared for God to answer your prayers in a different way. Don't force him to react uh, to your prayers the way that you expect him to or the way that you assume uh, that he's going to. Um, the first episode of uh, the TV show House I'm a huge House fan, by the way. Uh, but the pilot episode, uh, he's arguing with his boss, Cuddy, about her getting her way about something. And he was like, well, to quote the philosopher Jagger, you can't always get what you want. And so she comes up uh, at the end of the show, and uh, she was like, you know, I checked in to that philosopher Jagger, and as it turns out, you're right. You can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you might find you get what you need. Um, a lot of the times in, uh, in this season, we have what we want as our chief concern. But I want to remind you, 
even though that it hurts sometimes, even though that it doesn't feel fair and you don't get your way, God wasn't paying attention to everything that you want, but instead he focused on what you needed. And what you need is not more presence. What you need is not a new car. What you need is not a new job. Honestly, what you need is not food on the table. Even though that it hurts, honestly, what you need is not those family members getting healed. What you need is a relationship with him. And he's fixed that. He's fixed that. Now that he has fixed that, we can go on to all of our other needs. But a lot of the times we put all of those other needs ahead of that chief need, of that chief concern. He's given us exactly what we need. Um, let me read this, 1 Corinthians 2.9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. The reason why he doesn't meet your expectations is because your expectations fall woefully short of what his plan is for your life. Are you willing this season to maybe give up what you want? I want to give up my way. I want things to work out like this, but am I willing to give it up for maybe something better than that? Something I've never even thought of. Am I willing to give over my will for his will? Because I promise you it's better. You will never be able to understand your family. You will never be able to understand your kids. You will never be able to understand your spouse. You will never be able to completely understand God. But what you can understand is that the answer is found in relationship and nowhere else. If the, those that are working the altar this morning could go ahead and uh, come forward. Um, everybody in this room is dealing with things that scare them to death. Right now, they're dealing with things that they don't have an answer for. They're dealing with things that, um, that confuse them. And you know what? I hate it. There might not be an answer that we can give you. But what we can give you is relationship. If everyone could go ahead and stand up. I promise you that we as Church on the Hill cannot fix every one of your problems. And I hate it. I hate someone bringing a need in front of me that I have no ability to help. But what we can promise you is that we can put an arm around your shoulder. We can offer you the same thing that Jesus is offering you. Not answers all the, all the time. Uh, we can't offer checks. I can't pull your family members out of the hospital. But I can put an arm around your shoulder and walk through uh, heartache with you. I can offer you relationship. We don't have a lot of the answers, but... Uh, kind of a news flash, like we don't even know what the questions are. So it makes sense that we don't really understand why relationship is the answer. And I know that when I, you know, when you offer a need and we say, well, I can, I can put an arm around your shoulder. I can, I can be there with you. It doesn't feel like it meets the need. And I understand that. But really that's the, that's the answer is relationships. So let's pray. Father, I pray that you would uh, give us the strength and the courage to fix relationships this morning. God, that you would lay family members, lay friends on our heart that we are withholding relationship from, God. God, I pray that uh, you would give us the strength and the courage to forgive the people that we've been holding grudge matches against. Father, we lift up our pain to you this morning. God, we lift up our family members. 
when we lift up our kids, our spouses, our friends, our bosses and employees. God, and we just confess to you and everybody else around us that we don't have the answers, but we know that the answer is found in Jesus. So God, we are willing to give up my way. I'm willing to give up my expectations. I'm willing to give up my assumptions in order to have Jesus. And I will hang everything that I've got on the person of Jesus. Not my interpretation of your word, not my interpretation or assumption of your promise. God, this morning and in this season of Christmas, we are willing to hang our hat with the person of Jesus. So for a little while this morning, I wanna invite anyone that's dealing with a struggle in your family, if you're dealing with sickness in, uh, in your body or sickness in your family, if you wanna join the church this morning, we're gonna open up this altar and you feel free to come grab any of these uh, prayer warriors up front as we uh, kind of walk through heartache with you, amen?